0: Hey there, this is Michelle Spivey, your Practical Priestess of Wisdom with today's podcast of Wisdom Smack. Come on, y'all. We have got to stop this because thievery is blatant. They are doing it right under our our noses or better yet, right out of our heads. So today we have got a practical uh, podcast where we're gonna be talking about how to stop subtle commands and embedded things that get you to do stuff and you weren't even aware that you were being programmed. It's got to stop people. It's, it's too prevalent right now. So join me on the flip as we get into it. And I'm going to talk about three types of words that you need to know to be aware of when subtle programming is afoot. I'll see you on the flip. All right. Thank you so much. It's time for us to get into it. And the reason why we are having this conversation today is because I keep seeing this over and over and I have made the erroneous assumption that everyone can see it and I was having a conversation with someone, and I just mentioned, I was like, yeah, like, you know, these subtle commands that are, uh, they're flagrantly putting out. And the person was like, wait a minute, what do you mean subtle commands? I was like, you know, like weasel phrases, and they were totally clueless as to what I was talking about. And so today, I'm going to share with you the wisdom of being able to stop this mind thievery that is afoot. So let's get into it. So the first thing I want to say is that whether you realize it or not, by the course of nature, even if there is no nefarious gambit about, uh, uh, you know, going on, there are going to be natural ways you become or we become programmed. And the reason why is because in order to fit in a society where we get along, people must agree to a certain standard. I've talked about the difference between individuality and society in a few other podcasts, but for refresher I'll just say that with a society In order for it to jail and perform and survive, everyone must agree to the tenets, the morals, the conduct, the status, the hierarchy, whatever you want to say it. Um, Some people have said recently in a great way, the contract. And so society is about sustaining certain statuses and certain agreed upon behaviors and thoughts and even beliefs in order for total anarchy to not bu- you know burst out and eradicate any and every sense of normalcy but individually we should be tasked with continuously filtering what is society and what is personal belief in truth and the reason why I want to make sure that I, I reiterate this today is because this will help you to have a tether and an anchor so that when you're trying to evaluate on your own in the cold, um, you know, dark of night, is, you know, to figure out is this programming or is this real or truth even, you can go back and understand That for society to work, repetition of agreed upon beliefs, actions, um, etiquette, you know, the way, manners, what is moral or ethical. All of those things are part of society. And the biggest one is status. There are pecking orders in a society. Whereas with the individual. It is up to us individually as adults with the capacity to behave in, you know, what we would call the normal range of adulting. It is up to us to maintain our self-identity, our self-worth, our understanding of our place in society, as well as our own personal truths and facts and those things. And we are expected to have all of this and successfully do this without disrupting society. Because if we don't, there are punishments like imprisonment, um, interactions with judges and law enforcement and even jails and penitentiaries have been set aside for this, okay? Now, I am not getting into all the issues with that right now, because that's not what this is about. Today, this is really about being able to give a pattern interrupt for you to start having more tools at your discretion to at least knowingly understand what you're getting into and 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 what what you're what you're doing. So I want to talk about being able to first and foremost understand or or open your eyes to understand when mind thievery is afoot. And the reason why I want to call it mind thievery and mind theft is because unlike that description of what I've talked about with what what society should be, instead, what we're finding, and it's not just in any one culture, it's pervasive around the globe. What we're finding is more and more Uh, You have institutions and smaller pockets of people who have professed or crowned themselves with this certain tenet that we will be treated by them as sheeple. I did a podcast last year where I talked about the crowd. I talked about Edward Bernays. I talked about Gustav and I I, I talked about um, three leading men back in the early uh, 20th century who had done a lot of study and put out a lot of information about how to crowd control, how to develop propaganda, and how to get people to do what is needed for the furtherment of what governments and uh, people in power want them to do. And looking at it in hindsight, as we stand today, I'm like, <laughs> there is nothing new under the sun, and this this stuff is still real. And uh, so, if you want to get an idea of that, because I don't have time to really go back through that again, uh, you can Google Edward Bernays. You can Google um, the Crowd by Gustave. You can take a look at um, crowd psychology, group think, herd think, and and on all of that. Okay. Uh, So, but what I want to make sure that I stress right now is that there is an urgency that I, I am hearing across the land for us to snatch back our personal, personal power of being able to reinforce our individuality. And why is that? It's not to overthrow anything. It's so that our society can be strong because we are stronger When we are collectively made up of individuals who are healthy in their individuality, it causes us to be creative. It causes us to uh, be able to sustain, grow, and thrive. And so it's real important, people, because if all you have are sheeple, then day by day, moment by moment, year by year, the sheeple become more and more like dumb Animals just following wherever a person says or goes. And sheep have this inability to cause people who would stand out to be leaders to challenge them. And so if the leader just wants to lead you off a cliff, there you go. And that is not what we're supposed to do. That is not what uh, we are inherently built to do. And I can prove it to you. Have you ever had a a little kid, you know, get upset and they hold their breath like they're doing something to you before? And even if they're obstinate and determined before they can do damage to their brain by denying it oxygen, the body will either force a gag response for them to open their mouths or the body will faint and, and take over. The central nervous system will knock you out and take over so that it can force the air into your body to preserve you. We have a a priori, if you will, a a master operating system, both physically in our bodies and mentally. And in the, the physical, that would be an example. In the mental, it would be where you can't seem to find peace, you can't seem to find a sense of self, you can't seem to find an anchor or a grounding. And many people are starting to feel that. And so that's why we're having this conversation today. So thank you for that, allowing me to you know set this up. Let's get into the nitty gritty of it. So the first thing I want you to understand is that, uh, whatever? And I, I, you know, and I've I've avoided saying this, but I'm gonna go on and say it. Whenever people try to make something, uh, taboo or foo foo, that's probably the place you need to investigate for yourself to see if it works. And so, um, NLP. Neural uh uh neurolinguistic program i've talked about it other times neuro um uh, nlp uh as i've said before it became prevalent in the in the late 70s early 80s of the previous century and now it has actually become mainstream for those in the know uh but for those the general pop general population it's still regarded as who do woodoo it's still regarded as something that's quackery but Everyone um, that I know and that I've studied in any form of power, leadership, government understands and uses NLP. And so because I wanted to give you some of the fastest ways to stop mind thievery, to stop being programmed, whether it's against your will or whether you weren't aware of it, I'm going to be borrowing from just a few things from NLP on the reverse side, uh, as you know, you being the person it's enacted on. Okay, so today we're gonna talk about conversational programming. And in that, we're going to talk about uh, the weasel phrase, which is an embedded command. And when I was having this conversation with this person, that's what I was referring to, thinking, as I said, it was general knowledge that the average person knew what an embedded command was. I forgot, Michelle, you, you know, me talking to myself, I forgot that years and years of understanding and and practicing when I was a therapist, understanding and practicing clinical hypnosis, understanding the different states of being, understanding what is a micro trance as opposed to a beta state and trigger words and the power of words, um, I let that curse of knowledge uh, blind me to thinking that, yeah, everybody knows that. So let's get into it. So the first thing I want you to do is from here on, I want you to be aware of words that deal with time, words that deal with action and words that deal with emotion. I'm going to say it again. Words dealing with time, action and emotion. So if someone says feel, if someone says today, tomorrow, immediately, now, if someone says go, do, be, those are examples of these command words. Now, I'm going to tell you, someone can give you a direct demand, a command, and you may or may not follow it. For instance, I got, <laughs> I got an email today. And uh, most emails, if you're getting them from uh, someone who sells things or from a company and going back and specifically trying to identify the embedded commands, they're blatantly obvious. Like, go now, click here, watch this, uh, stop that. Do you do this? Uh, you see, do this. Do you do do this, do this. That's an embedded command, uh, even if it's in the form of a question. And so when we look at all of these different things and we're being bombarded by it, it's hard to be ever vigilant to always be catching stuff. But hopefully after today, You will not allow yourself to be called unawares. In subject lines, if I'm just looking, you know, like at some of the subject lines from my emails and things like watch now, look here, time uh, expiring, expiring expiring soon. So remember, we have words that deal with time, that deal with action, and that deal with feeling are some of the tip-offs that there is some type of command in there. And those are the obvious ones when they just straight up give you the command. But oh, today, (laughs) wisdom wants me to deal with uh, conversational programming. And so with conversational programming, this is where you have an embedded command that is a command that is uh, constructed to deal with the subconscious, meaning that you're hearing one message and your subconscious is hearing another. And so uh, the the definition would be something like this. It's a technique where you plan a thought. And that thought could be a state, a process, or experience, like I just said, Um, you know, I dumbed it down, if you will, um, where it's going to be time, action, or a feeling, Uh, wherein the mind of that person that you're directing it to uh, is not consciously aware of the uh, command. And it's done through, a lot of times, presuppositions. Uh, which are implied within a verbal structure. So whether it is spoken or written, you can still have them. And so what we call these uh, commands are weasel phrases because they're sneaky. Okay. so here are some things, if you will, that (coughs) excuse me, you guys, I'm, I'm sorry. I'm taking in gulps of air and I need to not do that so I won't cough. But here are some of the things that you can look at. So like there's a certain type of construction that uh, you can use to practice what a weasel phrase might look like if it's a direct one. So you would have some type of command verb, which would be some kind of action. Um, And then what you would do is you would add it to a sort of experience or a, a, a process or a state of being. So, feel fine now, feel better now. That would be a command phrase. Okay. And then if you're speaking it or punctuating it, you would use a tonality that goes down. So a lot of command phrases are, or covert commands, if you will, are not contained in one sentence. A lot of times they are contained in fractions and portions of different sentences that especially like to have periods. So if, for instance, we're talking and I want to give you, um, any, um, well, if I want to give you a subliminal that I want you to do something now, I could say, it's a wonderful day. Today, I went outside and walked. So wonderful day, today, walk. I just gave you a command. But it sounds like I'm having another conversation with you. And this is happening all over and we're getting bombarded by it because it's not the mustache twirling ha 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 kind of thing that you would expect. Instead, it's, it looks innocuous. It looks like just having a conversation. But the downtone of whenever you end your statement in uh, you know, a downtone, meaning a period, a, a full stop. The brain subconsciously reads that as a command. It's a wonderful day. Today I went for a walk. So it's a wonderful day, goes down. Today I went for a walk. So wonderful day, walk today. That's the command. And people wonder, how is it that, you know, and of course, magicians, they get paid to do this, but people wonder, how is it that people behave the way these uh, mentalists want them to? It is because they've been giving them the directions of what they want to do bypassing their conscious mind. So that it's a foregone conclusion that the bigger side, which is the subconscious, we talked about that yesterday, whereas the conscious mind only represents maybe up to 20% of your awareness, but the other lion's share is the subconscious because it's the hard files, it's the memory of the computer. And so there's a lot more that's going on there and it's more powerful. And so what these things do is they bypass that 10 to 20% that you're aware of and they do whatever they want to because the back door is totally open, totally open. But I'm hoping that just by even understanding a wee bit of this, you'll start to arrest and suspend all of these these things that are afoot, if you will. So the next thing I wanna talk about is is watching your micro trances. I have an acquaintance that I got concerned for and I actually had a conversation with them because I told them, I said, you you trance out a lot and it's extremely obvious and your trances are not micro. And I told them, I said, you have to be careful because you never know who is trained. And I don't like that they call what I'm talking about dark psychology because it's not nefarious. It's simply that people figured it out and started using it. But a lot of times they don't tell you because if they tell you, it's not as effective. Now they can still do it and tell you, but it's not as effective. Um, But I had a concern. I was like, you need to work on strengthening your mind because you drift off in your daydream in the middle of a conversation. And one time I was having a conversation over a meal and I put my phone on the on the table and took a look and I was like, I'm just going to count how many times they phase in and out in the next five minutes. And the number was so high. I was like, you really got to stop. You, because if you do this with someone who does not have your best interest, and they serve the public in a public capacity, it's like you need to to work on it. And lo and behold, they came back and told me, "Thank you so much." Um, and they they I'm I'm not at liberty to say the the back of it, but it was indicative of something that they needed uh, medical attention for, and so they were able to to work on that. But going back through, I don't want to get you scared because you don't have to be scared. And that's another reason why we're tackling a little bit of this today. Now, I need y'all to know that I am simply talking about the tippy, tippy top of what it is that we're dealing with. But with micro uh, trances, the way you find it is make note of how often you drift off into a thought, make note of how long you are in a trance. And some of the easiest places to do this is when you're driving, because the road, uh, the movement of the road, uh, and the way it's just set up is ripe for a hypnotic state. And because most of us have driven for so long, we can still operate and not be aware that we're in a trance we can drive all the way to the house and turn into the driveway and be like, oh my gosh, I didn't pay attention to anything. Um, And so that would be, now that was way past uh, a micro trance, but that would be an example. And that's where you can actually start to get an idea of some of the things that you need to do. So I wanna give you some practical things that I'd love for you to consider. And, and to actually really start with. So, and I'll ask a few minutes, if you'll permit me to do that, thank you very, very much. All right, so with this, I want you to keep an eye out for when people are either writing to you or talking to you and you pick up that you can't recall a lot of the conversation that they had, meaning you drone out some people think and and this is this is diabolical some people think that oh i don't like talking to them or listening to them cuz they're just so boring i zone out have you ever heard that if there are people or situations where you find it harder to pay attention and you quote unquote zone out or or say you're bored but you can't really remember what's happening now i'm not going to say they're purposefully doing it but i will say that's an indicator that you are being bombarded bombarded with stimuli to flood your conscious, because remember, it's only 10 to 20%. And it's easy to give you a lot of inputs so that it can they can break the door to get back to your subconscious. And especially if you zone in and out of the conversation and you can't really recall what they've been saying, be aware of that because this might be afoot. The... <laughs> I know we want to believe that everybody is okay, but remember in society, it makes up individuals and those who are mentally strong does not necessarily mean that they're ethically uh, based. There are many people out there that have no problem arresting your attention and going into the back doors and thievery afoot, figuring out stuff. Have you ever had, and this is another one that's really big. And I find that this one happens a lot of times with natural hypnotics, where you end up telling people secrets and business that you never thought you would. And you're like, why am I just spilling my guts? Why am I gossiping? Why am I telling people things? It may be that knowingly or unknowingly, they've been giving you embedded commands that when, it, when you look at them, They're giving you commands as simple as tell me everything today, now. And like I said, start with looking at conversation and getting really uh, familiar with and sensitive to words of time, words of direct action, and words of feelings. Like the word feeling, Um, anything emotional, those are going to be some of the easiest low-hanging fruit to start a, taking back your ability to guard yourself. And the next thing I want you to do is this. I want you to look because there are some people who are more suggestive than others. We in 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 my neck of the woods we call them somnambulist. And um that's a word usually uh, used and reserved for sleepwalkers. But a synabolist in in terms of suggestibility is going to be a person who is, for the lack of a better way of saying it, open. They just open and you, you can hypnotize them. You can do a lot. So. Evaluate for yourself and those who are around you and look for people or identify yourself to see Are you a person that finds yourself trying to finish what other people are saying or say it with them as if you're trying to be in agreement? Maybe that might not be you, but maybe you've had conversations with people. And when you're getting to the end of a sentence, their mouth is moving or they're even trying to guess the words that you're going to say. That's one. Now, this is not categorical. This is not all the time, but it's a pretty good indicator that you might be dealing with someone who's highly suggestible. Another one is a person that, when you are talking with them, and I know it's hard right now in the situation that we're in, but if we ever get a chance to be around people to be within touching distance outside of family and friends, are these people that, when they talk to you, they want to have contact, meaning that they are constantly touching your arm or touching your shoulder to make sure that you're, you're listening. Um, if you look away, they're touching you to bring you back to them. That doesn't mean that they are trying to do something to you. It actually means that they are highly suggestible and they are trying to entrain or mirror with you. And so if you find yourself that you're that type of person, be aware, because do not believe that everybody is ignorant of this. There are a high percentage of people that are very well versed in the art of um, uh, of communication, especially when it comes to programming. All right, so the next thing, and, and as my time is coming to a close, I wish there was so much more I could give you. But the next thing I want you to look at is I want you to look at how well you're able to pattern interrupt. So if you suspect that something is afoot, especially when you're having conversation with someone, if you are uh, feeling drowsy, if you're feeling like, oh my gosh, or if you find that you're too engrossed, and you don't like that, Pattern interrupt. Pattern interrupts can be something as simple as changing the subject, asking a question that veers off into another conversation. And then based on how either you feel or how they respond, that'll give you a little more insight into, is this programming? Is this something that they are Knowingly doing, or is it something that just have an affinity for? Because there are a lot of people who just naturally have an affinity for persuasion and for getting people to do what they want. Now, as I said, when you want to start looking, be aware of action words, of feeling words, and of words of time. Check out tonality. If someone is going down, when they are saying something in their tone, the brain reads it as a command. And notice those people that are either around you or if you do this, this is the last one because my time is really up. If you have a person that when they are speaking, their tone goes up, they are possibly highly suggestible because when you are constantly asking a question, even though it's not a question, it is an invitation for someone to change your mind or to program you. So as my time is really up, you guys, I'm going to put it on you all to continue to to do more, to to stop the thievery that is afoot. Monitor your, your visual communications, monitor the verbal interactions that you have, and be aware that you have the power to stop being programmed. So that's it. My time is up. I thank you for yours. This has been Michelle Spiva, your Practical Priestess of Wisdom with today's podcast of Wisdom Smack. Don't forget to like, subscribe, and share, and I'll see you soon. Bye. And that's going to do it for today's podcast of Wisdom Smack with Michelle Spiva. If you like this podcast, please help us get the word out. Like, comment, subscribe, and even share. And if you really like it, please help us continue to get the word out by considering using this show's link for Amazon. So when you want to go to Amazon and you do all of your general shopping,